Welcome to Amplified. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Welcome, welcome. Ken Rashawn on Voice America Influencer Channel. Big shout out to Jeff Spinard, who looks down from us from the sky and gives us all these wonderful platforms to amplify goodness and share leadership and intelligence that actually helps you create a more abundant life. We also have the Umbrella Syndicate, Keep Smiling Movement, Perfect Publishing as sponsors, and we have Sheely Learning Systems as our sponsor today. So we're going to learn about Paul R. Sheely. Dr. Paul R. Sheely is the CEO of Sheely Learning Systems. He has influenced a diversity of organizations through his work in problem-solving, creativity, communications, accelerated learning, and leadership development, all super important. As a CEO of two organizations and a consultant to other organizations, he actively applies his expertise to advance uh, progress and overcome challenges. Paul Sheely's transformative programs allow organizations and individuals to attain a quadruple bottom line result and a high return on investment. He entertains, educates, inspires, and moves audiences to activate their genius potential and achieve their intentions. Paul has co-created learning programs with leaders such as Jack Canfield, Brian Tracy, Bob Proctor, and many, many others. So, Paul, welcome to the show. Hey, Ken. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be with you. Well, I am excited because this show is going to catalyze and relaunch my love for your product. I listened to your product back when there was a pre-iPhone, pre-smartphone, and I'm only learning today that you have all this stuff available in iPhone format, which we'll talk about, but um, I have... I have invested and enjoyed the box set, which has accelerated my reading, my comprehension, and all kinds of other things that are related to your mind being fulfilled. So thank you very much for all you do. It's so great to know that you've had that connection. So when you hear, this is Paul Sheely, <laughs> you can recognize the sound of that voice. I, I certainly do. And when you say it like that, it's it reactivates something that I honestly hadn't listened to for 10 years. But you know, subconsciously, you're always in the back because nice. with so much programming that you helped me really become a better leader, um, better communicator, and certainly a person that really enjoyed publishing and helping other people because I wanted to be someone like you. So thank you for the inspiration. <laughs> oh, thanks. That's great. I, I think that's the best introduction I've ever had. So thank you. <laughs> Well, thank you. I, I wanted to give a shout out to someone who is responsible for this show happening, and that's Dr. Michelle Moraz. So um, she is, you know how people say they're your biggest fan and you're like, how do you know? You haven't met all my other fans. Well, I'll tell you, I may yeah. not have met all your other fans, but she sings your praises like no other person she knows. So for a person who has two TV shows, has done all these amazing things in the world, she really puts you at the very top of the heap of people that have made a difference in the world for her. Thanks. Yeah, Michelle is one special individual in the world. It was so interesting when I met her. She came up to me with her brain damage. She said, I have a traumatic brain injury. I said, wonderful. And she said, oh, I've got to work with this guy. And she's, the transformation in her life was spectacular, really spectacular. You know, just that framing of you coming into the show with that little commentary of wonderful. 
I've heard you use that terminology with me at least two or three times in our very short amount of communication we've had. And you frame things in a way that everything is wondrous. And if you look at everything as wondrous, you look at it as a miracle, as you look at it as learning from. And I will tell you that that is one of the reasons that if I was in a state of anxiety, which I was not, you shift that immediately into peace and acceptance and love. And you know, when I have to tell you, when clients of mine come to me and they say, Paul, I just got this big problem. I immediately put my hands up and go, that's great news. And they, they say, I knew you were going to say that. I knew you're, but I want, I really want to emphasize why that's the case. Because we really are the masters of our own lives and we can create them as we want. But very often what happens is we've got programming running in the background that is in a blind spot of our awareness. We don't know that it's happening. So the moment that you discover the problem, excellent. Now we know where to focus our attention because now the breakthrough is possible. But you have to be conscious. You have to be aware that this is the place where you're stuck right now. Amen. And we're going to go, obviously, deeper dive in second segment of the show it, it, with that in mind. I I received a book from a gentleman. His name is Dr. Clint Rogers. And I was so excited to get this book from him because he shared the quote that was the first page of the book. And it just ignited me to say, this is a book I'll read cover to cover probably several times because anyone that can create this quote has given me the highest amount of expectations for him delivering. So I'm going to give you the quote and I'm going to tell you why I'm sharing the quote, because I think you defy the quote. <laughs> so here we go. The quote, uh, and I'm sorry to say it may be credited to someone. I did not see someone credited in his book. So here's the quote. I'm not here to teach you. I'm here to love you and love will teach you. And what I say with you is I'm here to teach you and love you. And love will also teach you. <laughs> Gorgeous. Yeah, because you really do come across as love and teaching are one and the same, but you do have so much to offer beyond love from a standpoint of the power our brain has, the power we have that are, is, is so unharnessed. So, right. And when we say teaching, the reframe that I give on teaching is that the purpose of education is the liberation of human genius. Now, I started a presentation to a university, a, a full staff day with that quotation. I gave it to the chancellor of the university and she just it blew her hair back. She said, that's brilliant, because if we are all naturally brilliant and we do have genius, as many researchers and philosophers have claimed, then our job is to help that genius come forward to draw out that brilliance that's within us. Well, you said that just before the show and this didn't just blow my hair back. It blew it off. I don't have any hair. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so as I had shared, um, the formatting of the show is, is geared towards really a Ted talk. Um, there was obviously the, the beautiful Ted talk of find your why. And we think the preface of find your why is knowing your who or knowing that you're compelled to, architect and, and sculpt a who that you love and respect. So with that in mind, whenever you give yourself a lot of love and resources to create a person that you love and respect, you give yourself a gift of a purpose. And that purpose has impact in the world with regard to the amount of 
who you are and the amount of why you are able to take on. So let's talk about who you are. Are you ready? Absolutely. Always. I'm always curious uh, what it was in the childhood that happened, what your childhood was like where you were born might've caused or defined you to have that defining moment that caused you to be who you are today. I had a wonderful opportunity that my family was invited to go overseas at, I was the youngest of four. And at age six, we went to Europe, drove, my mom drove four kids around Europe in a VW microbus camping. And I got to see the world at a very young age. And then uh, we lived in Israel as my father worked for the American International Development Consultancy to the Israeli government in 1962. And I came- Where were you born? I I was born in 1955 in Milwaukee. And then I grew up in uh, Mount Vernon, New York. So what happened very interestingly is we were in an outdoor experiential education uh, with the international school outside of Tel Aviv. And then I came back with still two months in the New York public school systems. And I was forced to sit in a row. I was forced to be quiet, to listen, to, to shut down basically. And mm-hmm. I wanted to run through the hallways and I wanted to experience the world and I wasn't allowed. And I realized I am locked into this for the next number of years. There's gotta be a better way to learn. That really shaped me, that experience to recognize that I could be brilliant in one setting and I had no idea what was going on in another setting. So what is that? that's within us and what is, let's say, a a one trial learning paradigm. You know, you run out between two cars and get hit by one. You realize that you don't run out between two cars anymore. But can can we have a one trial learning paradigm in statistics or music or mathematics or philosophy or history? Can we really engage the whole person And so that really set a trajectory of how do I bring my fullest expression forward? What's the best way for someone to learn? And that, of course, created Learning Strategies Corporation, a business I started in 1981, still going strong today. Awesome. I have three comments that will you'll select where you want to go with the conversation based on these three comments. Comment number one. I was shooed away in my second grade class because I was disruptive, hyperactive, and unwilling to be anything but a class clown. They put me in a corner in second grade and I drew and drew and drew every single day. And I became so so good at that craft, I went into medical illustration. But I was a year behind in math and reading all these other things. So a lot of people I've met that are super successful actually have ADHD or they just, they just, cannot follow the regular structural program. Then you have Lean On Me with Joe Clark, where all these kids, or Coach Carter, where all these kids are told they're so dumb and they have no idea how much intelligence they have because they never applied themselves. And then lastly, teaching languages. I've taken 13 languages and can't speak but one. That's really crazy. I've taken 13 languages and can only speak one. And the way we teach is that we teach people to make sounds and we teach people to articulate in a grammatical way, but we don't teach them to communicate. 
And so all three of those things, take it where you want to go. Yeah, I, I think you're describing many of the failures of a traditional education in spite of the fact that educators go into it with a really high purpose. Um, if you watch a film like Stand By Me or The Power of One or Freedom Writers, you know, any of these movies where a champion of learning and education and reaching into the lives of somebody who may have been marginalized as you were forced into the corner of the classroom because you didn't fit the norm. You have to understand the norm is established by the culture in power. So what's normal gets defined. If you don't learn in my classroom, I'm not teaching disabled. You're learning disabled. And I'm going to put you in a curve and you're going to be at the low end of that learning curve, right? And if you think, what is a bell curve? A bell curve is a normal distribution of a random event. So if we grade on a bell curve, we're admitting learning's a random event. It's not. It's not at all. And what we have to do is we have to find the, we have to reach the learner and discover their giftedness and help them apply that to the world. And that's really how I've tended to focus. I went into a technical college and was asked to train 40 instructors. And the dean of the college just met me the first time, shook his head and said, you know, this this group hates any kind of professional development work. They just they're going to chew you up, spit you out. And at the end of the program, this guy came up to me and said, what did you do? I have never seen these people so lit up, enthusiastic, creative, excited. I said, I gave them permission to bring their love, their creativity to their classrooms. That's all. We really do. We're really born into the world as naturally gifted learners. And the gift of dyslexia, how many of our great thinkers were dyslexic or ADHD. And it's not a learning disability, it's a learning difference. Dyslexia is a wonderful creativity strategy, but it's a terrible reading strategy, you see. And so there are a lot of ways in which we need to redirect how the mind is focused so that it can produce the end result that I want. And language learning is a great one. Many of the techniques that I've worked with came from Bulgaria's Suggestopedia, the um, Sophia Institute of Suggestopedia, where they learned to learn 3,000 words a day. And it was the breakthrough that led to accelerated learning and all the research that went into the foundations of my work as well. Wow. I I have to check that one out. So we'll put a link of that. There was another teacher I had in fifth grade and he was, I would say he he looked like Lenin. And in some ways he even acted like Lenin. He was a fifth grade uh, science teacher, really super high expectations, treated us like we were potentially freshmen or sophomores in college. And for fifth grade science, you can appreciate that wasn't very inspiring. And, but what I didn't know was that his care and his discipline was teaching us the scientific method and programming us to such a degree 
that looking at life was easy to see problems and see solutions and see how the scientific method would solve a lot of things we were dealing with. I did not like science and I tried my best and suffered to get like a C minus in the army German, uh, the German uh, in Germany for the army public school system. Does that make sense? Yes. So, so this gentleman's over there and he never showed a personality, never showed a heart that I can recall, never told a joke, but he was adamant that science would be taught this way. What I didn't realize was that I was so far ahead of the curve. I became a physics teacher, a chemistry teacher much later in life, but I, science became the easiest subject of my, my higher school system afterwards. And I thank him. I never got to thank him personally. What would you say to something like, I mean, he is a person that I identify as the person that defined who I became. Well, I also love this idea that it's out of our woundedness that we do find our gifts. So anytime that you encounter something that is particularly challenging, especially if we're abused or emotionally wounded in our childhood, well, it'll often guide us to find a truer expression of who we really are. So it's a good thing. What I really appreciate about that teacher was the modeling, actually modeling what it was that he wanted all of you to be inculcated with. Now, it, every teacher has their own style, and you obviously, as a people person, really love a heartfelt connection. And I don't think that those have to be mutually exclusive. If you think about Richard Feynman as a physicist, you know, wow, uh, Albert Einstein is a global philosopher and a physicist. You know, th these people are all heart. They're, they're all about love. They're all about humanity and making a difference. So how you found your way to that is a brilliant triumph, but also a triumph through adversity, which I think are the best one Wrecking, uh, the best one um, skills or strengths that we get to enjoy in our lives, don't you? I, I totally agree. And I am, I'm called to bring up two names, okay? One is Malcolm Gladwell and uh, Alfred Noble. And the reason I bring up those two names is those names are evoked based on some of the principles you're sharing. Uh, one is, for me, I'm not... Malcolm Gladwell, from a standpoint of the outlier effect, the tipping point effect, and the genius effect of actually understanding human behavior. And then the second person, Alfred Noble, just from the standpoint that he was responsible for 300 plus patents and rewarded creativity and peace and making the world better. And I just feel like those two names just come to the surface when I hear you talk. I love that. I, I, I love being placed amongst such greatness, <laughs> great company. Uh, there is a wonderful book called 99% uh, Inspiration, which looked at um, uh, Yoshiro Nakamats, who was an inventor with over a thousand patents. Among them, the uh, digital disc was something that he invented, optical disc optical storage. And it, his creativity method was absolutely brilliant. The first thing he'd do is he would put himself in a Zen room, just absolutely bare. It's very sparse, very chill, quiet. 
And then he'd go into a playroom where he would just get creative. He had toys and he had all kinds of things that he could build and he'd just get the chaos going in his mind. And then he would do held breath underwater swimming. Hmm. And it was there that his breakthrough insights would come where he was hyper oxygenating his brain. And he even developed a system for writing while underwater. And so he would just reach into the extent of his neurology in order to make connections that other people weren't able to make. And there's an inventor here in the Twin Cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul that actually built a, a, facility about three miles from my home here, devoted to helping people go into their intuition to find their intuitive connection, because it was through an intuitive insight that he received that he created a patented device in the fluid dynamics business that made him hundreds of millions of dollars. And it's it was a revolution at the time when he came up with it. So I think we all are designed for greatness. We have to heed the call when it, when it hits us. And his name is the gentleman that you're referring to. Um, Charlson. Charlson. Mr. Charlson. We, we like to see if we can find links to help people bridge the conversation. That's not going to continue. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that we can kind of feel a little complete in the next four or five minutes about yes. who you are. You've certainly given us a lot of information that is related to your philosophy and your gifts that you give others and help people bring to fruition. Tell us more about your your journey from childhood to the point that you started your first company. Well, I would love to go to getting to the university as a biological sciences student and wanting to figure out how to calm my mind down. I was kind of nervous and um, a, a bit wild and unable to that? really control. Pardon? Why was that? Um, not sure. Uh, just very sensitive to the world is the best way that I can think of it. And the world seemed quite overwhelming to me. Who were who your mom and dad for you? Um, Wonderful, uh, very supportive, uh, loving home, uh, very encouraging, and uh, yeah, very nice. But there I was at university, and I took a course in superconscious meditation from uh, Dr. Ushar Budarya, who was a Sanskrit scholar, teacher of the year at the University of Minnesota, became Swami Veda Bharati, and I did a home study course with them uh, eventually. But he um, called Meditate with the Himalayan Masters, but he, he, took, he taught a course called Superconscious Meditation. I took it and was absolutely blown away by the power of centering my mind and calming it down. And it was shortly after being initiated into the Raja Yoga tradition, which is a 5,000-year-old master-disciple relationship, I was walking on campus and I got a download. I was listening to Earl Nightingale and all these motivational kinds of recordings. I had the whole library lead the field and all of those. And uh, I suddenly got a download that says, we don't need more cassette tapes to tell people how to live their lives. What we need is a way 
to bring people into an environment in which they make contact with the resources that are already within them. And then we show them how they can bring those out into the world. And immediately I signed on. I said, okay, <laughs> whatever that voice was, I'll do it. And 12 years later, the first available paraliminal recording came out. And that was the product that you held up. It was a 12-year journey to realize something that now has sold over 8 million recordings all over the world. Yes, the Ultimate U Library. Now there are over 60 in that library, and it's very soon coming out in an app. So this has been something of a legacy for me, but I want to really underscore something here, Ken. It didn't come from me. It came through me. I had to do the work to bring it into the world, but it was a download. It was a connection to a deeper purpose that I recognize as how do we live into the full potential of who we are in this world. So where did you learn uh, the paraliminal technology? Well, it was a combination. Uh, I actually developed it. I was trained as a clinical hypnotherapist while going to university, became the executive director of the oldest established hypnosis practice in Twin Cities. Uh, I was trained in neuro-linguistic programming, and it was the combination of that plus accelerative learning, which I learned. And over the years, what uh, I, I tried to produce something, but could only do a one-off recording with two voices speaking to the two hemispheres of the brain. Once I understood the protocol I developed in 1980, I was able to then go into a studio, but couldn't do it. I had to have digital recording. And I met a, a person from Paisley Park, Prince's studio here in Chanhass. And he said, Paul, there's only one person in the world who can do what you're asking. I said, I need to take a paragraph here and a paragraph there, and I need to bring them together like word processing, which was just out at that time. He said, what you're talking about is digital editing. I am the only person in the world who can do it. I'm the first person to have the beta test site for the world first digital editing suite. And we right now are both enjoying digital world, right? It's all possible. But what a God moment that I was placed in front of the only person in the world who could complete my vision. And it was 12 years after getting the download. You want to share his name? Yeah. Brad Johnson, Johnson Productions. Brad yeah. Johnson. Much love. Thank to you. Remember. I mean, it is really amazing that he was in your backyard, but How about that. It's, it's crazy that the answer to your prayers was actually channeled and you manifested that yes. that could be so close. I believe that uh, we're, we're supported by a universe that wants to see us live into our full expression. But we're going into uh, one minute down. So uh, if I said the name Ben Gay the third, would that, that register? Okay. I was just wondering, cause that would be a, our comeback. I will explain to Ben Gay III during our break. How do people connect with you dash get your wonderful product and enjoy the enhancement of their brain and genius? You could certainly go to paraliminal.com. That would be one place, learningstrategies.com and also shealylearning.com. 
I wonder how you came up with Sheely Learning. That's such a (laughs) (laughs) Well, Paul, it is such a wonderful conversation we're having. We're going to get you back in two minutes. Again, we are with uh, Perfect Publishing, the Umbrella Syndicate, Keep Smiling Movement, and Sheely Learning Systems today is our sponsor. We'll be back in a couple minutes. Stay amplified. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash The Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at UmbrellaSyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. Hello, this is Ken Roshan, back for second segment with Dr. Paul R. Sheely, and we are going to take a deep dive into his products and how you can benefit from some of the wisdom, gold nuggets from the books and products that he has created. I have shown this off a couple of times. I, I told Paul that I am ready for the Audible, the download digital to my iPhone and he has shared some exciting news that there's, I have 22 CDs here of which I was going to burn and, you know, bring into my iTunes, but this seems like it's going to be a, a lot smarter move to go into your university settings and just download the ones I would like to enhance my genius. Um, let's talk about what we didn't finish in the first segment briefly so we can go into a deep dive of of what your products can do for people and what you would advise people to do if they have either one a brain trauma injury, or they have depression, or they're just not accessing the life and abundance they want to have. So let's, let's finish with the two pieces of first segment that were left a little loose. Did you, at what point did you realize that you had a purpose in life and how did you define it? It was actually pretty early on when I became a clinical hypnotherapist, it was very much by accident. I was a biological sciences student my mom called me up at the university, uh, my dorm room, and said, hey, hon, what are you doing this weekend? I said, uh, I don't know what. You want to become a hypnotist? I said, not really. Well, a friend of hers who was uh, training a couple of doctors from Michigan needed to fill out her classroom. 
so she gave my mom the opportunity for a couple of comp passes to her class so she could fill it. Why was that? Um, My mom had hired Zula Bowers uh, on a couple of occasions to teach self-hypnosis to real estate agents that she worked with. So uh, I said, all right, I'll, I'll sign on. Well, when I met Zula for this weekend workshop, she really fell in love with me and said, I would be great at doing this. And she took me under her wing. She said that she was given a diagnosis that she had two months to live, that she was dying of an inoperable liver cancer. And that on that day that I met her, it was five years after she had been given that diagnosis or that prognosis. So I worked with her uh, and she referred all of her clients to me because she was weak and not really able to do it. And I worked for her. So it was a wonderful relationship. She got me started in a direction I had never thought of. My interest in going into biological sciences was to help the environment, essentially environmental studies was what I was most interested in ecology. And um, the shift was to ecology and behavioral biology. The idea that the quality of our environment is a reflection of the quality of the thinking of those who inhabit the environment. So if I'm going to help save the planet, I've got to help shift consciousness. So it was at that point that I realized I was in the consciousness raising business, that if I could help people recognize their true potential and live into that and raise the quality of their lives, they were going to be able to recognize the impact that they're having on the world and therefore make a shift. And we are in a time of the great human family turning from the unsustainable practices of the past to something new. And it hasn't quite fully emerged, but it will over the next 20 to 40 years. And it's very tumultuous times. So I knew how uh, way back that somewhere around age 40, I would be doing some of my best work. And that's when the paraliminal technology really came out into the world and um, learning strategies suddenly was a viable um, entity on the planet making, helping to make a difference. So I have uh, three, I guess, points that I don't want to forget. So one, Dr. Paul R. Sheely. Where is the name Sheely from? It's Hanover, Germany. Uh, my uncle, Paul, actually was our family genealogist and went to Hanover and found the original homestead that the Sheely family clan had been given in 1600s, early 1600s. And it still had the name Sheely in mosaics over the hearth. Uh, So it means bend in the river. And what does the R stand for? Robert, after my uncle Bob. Super. And so there's a quote that I heard or read recently about Muhammad Gandhi. And it elicited, I was looking for 101 things I could be grateful for in life. And one of the things was that Gandhi had created so many great quotes that you could, if you, <laughs> if you embraced them and you actually became them, 
you would be a better servant leader. You'd have a more abundant life and you'd have a life that you really have peace and joy. And I hear your tonality and it, and it elicits this quote of his, which is <clears throat> happiness is when what you think and what you say and what you do are in harmony. And I think you study the voice, the tonality of a voice for the clarity and the congruency of how they are actually living their life. Would that be a true assessment or not? Absolutely. There was a point in my career where if I gave a hour and a half workshop, I could hardly speak after it. I was trying to get my message through by straining my voice, right? And uh, I took a, a workshop on understanding my voice at the McPhail Center for the Arts here at the University of Minnesota. And I realized that that wasn't my true tone, mm. that my true tone was at a higher register and it was very smooth and connected. So I developed the ability and certainly as a clinical hypnotherapist developed the hypnotic voice as well, that helps to open a communication to the non-conscious mind. So you just diverted your tonality into the hypnotic. If I, if I, right. mm -hmm. would you, would you please do that for 30 seconds or so, just to give me an idea of what that sounds like? Absolutely. Ken, you know, within yourself that there is a true reservoir of your power and ability that you're bringing forward through your work into the world. Something like that. That's fantastic. And, and I was completely fixated and alert and That's, engaged. That's well, here's the thing. One of the, what my teacher told me is Paul, when you speak to someone, speak into their left ear, because it gives you access to the right hemisphere of the brain where their non-conscious mind is really located. Is it? Okay. Yeah. And so I, I learned that if I was to get very close to you and get close to the microphone, that it's a very intimate, very personal experience. And I want to speak with as much love and support and knowledge of who you truly are beyond any of the hypnotic trances of limitation or insufficiency that you may have been accepting as a post-hypnotic trance from the culture that raised you. If we could cut through that and awaken to who you really are on the other side. And this was a big breakthrough for me. I recognized at age 19, I gave a demonstration of hypnosis, a stage hypnosis presentation. And I had a bunch of kids, uh, teenagers, and I had one in a trance and I said, um, your foot's glued to the floor. You could try to move it, but you can't. And he couldn't move his foot. He had to untie his shoe in order to move his foot. I said, um, you could try to tell me your name, but you forgot your name. And he could not utter his own name. And at that moment, Ken, just now I realized, wow, we're doing that to ourselves all day long. We're telling ourselves what we cannot do or be. And as a result of that, that's how we live our lives. But it's a post-hypnotic suggestion. And if I'm going to do this work, I'm not going to be putting people into trance. I'm going to be awakening them from the trance that they're in, the trance of limitation. 
the trance of insufficiency, the trance of unworthiness, the trance of unlovableness, the trance of fear and, and um, unresourcefulness, because that's not who we are. At our essential nature, we're complete, we're free, we're pure, we're wise. And that's really the connection that I'm looking to make anytime that I speak with anyone, including this person listening to us right now. You know, there's so much that you just said that could open into a complete other show. It is unbelievable what you just shared about our limitations that we crave for ourselves because we are born with no limitations. We, if, if, we are, if we are loved unconditionally, which I will make as a, a precursor to this comment, that we would live a wondrous life. But we... Yes. We start having anxieties and fears and things that we're told we can't do that start straining our genius and hampering our voice. And I was thinking, as I've had more clarity and decided to pursue a purpose-driven life at the purest level, I haven't achieved it, but to to want it, to, to strive and to relentlessly want to know more truth, I've noticed my tonality and my communication is very deliberate. It's very pleasing to even me to hear. Wonderful. So yes. I, I register with you that this tonality that you're using is achieved when clarity and truth are really in a consistency. You're embodying it. And that's the most important thing. And then you live congruently through that. Yeah, the other thing that I would add, Ken, to being born into the world is that we're born utterly helpless. Mm. We cannot do anything to care for ourselves. We're at the mercy of the culture that's raising us. And so we move through childhood, adolescence, and adulthood, and we become what is developmental theorists called the socialized mind. We've actually taken on the viewpoint of the culture that raised us, the family that raised us, the educational system, the religion that raised us. And it's a lens that we look through. And the transformation to the people that you and I are speaking with right now is that they became the next level self-authoring because they started looking at the lens they've been looking through. And what I realized in my work, Ken, is that while I was speaking to self-authoring people interested in their own growth and development, that was our marketplace. Everything that I developed, every book I wrote, every recording I made was actually helping people achieve the next level, which is the self transforming mind, where we do recognize that whatever the limitation we may be up against, we can transform our approach to it and break through. You've given me two um, epiphanies that could be considered very similar, but they are different nouns and they're different pathways to success. And I knew the way I was speaking about them, that they were identified as babies, i.e. a brand new business and a brand new book as a baby, because it's only been birthed. But what you were sharing, what I really love the extra connection to, is that they are helpless. A book is helpless, a business is helpless, until you make it strong enough, they can be its own. And so 
you gave me this as an extra explanation of why there's so many failures of businesses and books. I'm a publisher and my, my point, and I'd like to challenge, I'd like you to challenge me on this point is I believe a book is a download of your mind and heart to the degree that you allow those to speak into your book and that it is only 1% of the equation of how much impact you have in the world unless you raise it. I love that. And it's the purity of your intention ultimately that comes through in the energy of a book. You know, I created a program called Photo Reading where yeah. we move through written materials at 25,000 words a minute, that's a page a second. And it's very energetic. So we're moving into a dialogue with the author. We're not reading words. We're actually engaging in the energetic that the author is presenting. And in some cases, it might be 15 years of their life experience and wisdom coming through in the pages of that book. The other thing that you said, which I love to speak to, if I may, is the idea of it becoming strong enough to stand on its own to, to truly be what it is intended to be in the world. And that's true for any corporation. Even if I own the corporation, I'm the, I'm the CEO of the corporation, it was birthed into the world for a purpose. And everybody who participates is actually helping to raise that child to its fullest expression. And so the idea of ownership, I think, is an unfair thing. We really have to see ourselves as collaborators in helping this idea come into the world to live the life that it is intended to live. And photo reading, for example, I don't believe I was the only one gifted with that idea. Uh, I, same with paraliminal technology. I don't think I was the only one on the planet gifted with that idea. We're all the, the evolutionary impulse that brought us here, brought us loaded, preloaded with the power to, to live a purpose-driven life, to fulfill a purpose and make our contribution to the world. My grandchildren that are born into this world are born from a universe that is more evolved than it was when I was born into it. And so I need to pay attention to what they have to bring and help them bring their gifts into the world as well. Well, you have a, a whopping 10 minutes left and there's so much I still want to say and, and share and converse with, but um, you have events, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, tell me when your next event is so our audience can at least uh, figure out if they could participate. Well, I'm, I'm very excited that every year in May, I start the Ultimate You Experience, which is a nine-month engagement with me. And uh, people can find out about it, sheelylearning.com forward slash ultimate. And uh, I would love to have anybody talk to us, uh, look at the videos about it. It's a powerful experience. That was the one that Michelle Morass first attended. She said, I've taken self-development work for 20 years. This is the most powerful thing I've ever experienced. So it really is, a, that's my, I would say my most exciting program. And, and I'm also involved in the year of photo reading. So people who have learned the photo reading technique, either through the home study program or a live event, I'm working with them over a period of 12 months. It's a very cool program. 
Very okay. excited about because this was very visible on my shelf next to Tony Robbins and some other um, personal development. I was able to grab this. The photo reading I did buy, and it is a larger um, cased piece, so I have to relocate that and re-listen to it. I wanted to show a couple of things that um, specifically Michelle handed me some ones that she wanted me to listen to. And now I see that I, I kind of have all of them, but I want to, sh I want to show the covers of them. And I, I invite you to stop me and say something if you'd like to, but this is called sales leap. Yes. This is peak performance. And I will have a question when I'm done showing these few. All right. Um, this is new option generator. Love it. This is the 10 minute supercharger. Mm, Lifesaver. Yep. Personal genius. Yeah. Instantaneous personal magnetism mm -hmm. and talking to win. I will not go into my collection because I have a much more vast collection. She specifically asked me to look at these, which I will be doing on this week that I have off. I wanted to, I wanted to say that if someone had some issues with brain, uh, brain challenges, either they had an injury or they are being stopped a lot because they don't believe in themselves. What ones would you think would be the most beneficial? Well, with brain injury, there's two that I recommend. Personal genius is excellent because it's self-esteem supercharger for learners, basically. And uh, it helps you really believe in yourself and the power of the mind, the brain to rewire itself for the work that you're demanding of it. It's quite a profound experience. The other one is the memory supercharger, which mm -hmm. once you've studied something, now your ability to bring it back is working with your subconscious memory bank, how to interact with that in a more effective way. So those are the two that I would start with for brain injury. So I'll show now, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, continue, please. I was going to show five that are not in that stack that are in mind that I, I, I'm interested in absorbing and bringing into my conscious or subconscious. Um, after I show these five, I'd like you to go a little more at length. How does one actually listen and relax and how do they bring this into their system? So I'm going to show the five real quick. So this one is dream, dream play. Love it. Um, this one is deep relaxation. Yeah. That's the longest one I've made. It's about 30 minutes. All of them are normally 20. Yeah. This belief. And this is anxiety free, which I think is very applicable today is uh, tumultuous times for sure. Automatic pilot. So nice. So I'm excited that I have 22 here and they're not the same ones as Michelle's. So that's kind of, <laughs> so, uh, sh share how one purchases this and then utilizes it and experiences this unconscious transformation. Well, the ability to purchase those is going away as the app is coming in soon. So it would be on a subscription basis and it's very reasonable. You have access to every one of them, plus a lot of my other programs as well that are based on paraliminal technology. A paraliminal means beyond the threshold. And what we're doing is we're moving beyond the threshold of the conscious mind in order to attain a connection with their other than conscious mind are much vaster non-conscious resources. Again, based on the idea that the resources are, are within you, we need to go to a place where we can make contact with those and then bring those forward into the world in order to accomplish what it is we're doing. So every one of them 
you would listen to with an intention. For example, belief on one session, there's two sessions on it. Session A is about overcoming a negative belief that's limiting you. And session B is about establishing a belief that would be life enhancing and life supporting. Now, each one of them start out with a little introduction for about a minute, and then a request for you to establish an intention. And then track two on it is guiding you into a relaxed state of alertness. It's not hypnosis, which is a limited focus awareness within. This is an expanded awareness within. And so you're getting in touch with these vaster resources. And then we move into what's called the change work, where I start speaking to both hemispheres of your brain separately. Your left hemisphere is getting a step-by-step process. Your right hemisphere is getting indirect suggestion to apply and, and embody the ideas that are supportive to you. So it's presented more like a metaphor, the story that's being told to you. And then the fourth track is, uh, is an integration and a return. Now, that third track, we also call the sleep learning track. So you can actually play these and learn while you're asleep at night. And the new app is going to be able to do that for you automatically, put in your earbuds, and you can have the sleep learning tracks play, and you get to be the beneficiary of those resources. Well, that was beautiful. And unfortunately, our time is getting to a close so much yes. that I'm supposed to actually exit out. So we're going to do, I'm going to say one thing, is the quadruple your money line result is really something to look at. If you're making 50,000, that would be 200,000. You're making 100,000, that's 400,000. So just think this is a person that actually can double quadruple. And I think way beyond that because we're way more powerful than quadruple. But here we go. We're going to go super fast this time, Paul. Are you ready? Okay. Yes. Hope that change your life. Theory You by C. Otto Sharmer. Movie that inspires you. Uh, Dersu Uzula, but also Horseman on the Roof, who sur la toi. Beautiful. Um, your hero. Uh, I would say the Dalai Lama. Okay. And a person you'd like to meet that you haven't met? The Dalai Lama. <laughs> a quote you live by. Say again. A quote that you live by. Um, we're all born geniuses by Buckminster Fuller. Dr. Paul Sheely, it is a pleasure to have had you on Amplified. We amplify leaders that bring inspiration and community together. And you certainly do that on a, a very unconscious and super conscious level. I am so excited to have had this conversation. I look forward to meeting you. I'm going to fly out and give you a big hug. And uh, we look forward to personally experiencing what you're offering for our Keep Smiling movement, because we honor those that bring smiles to the world. This is Ken Roshan on Amplified, Perfect Publishing, Keep Smiling movement. If you know someone like Dr. Paul Sheely, who is creating and inspiring smiles and hope, please direct them our way. We'd like to honor them on Amplified as well as Dose of Hope. We'll see you next week. Stay Amplified. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashad again next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go get your message heard.